welcome to Fuzzy Concepts. This is what our third episode back. Third episode back, yeah. A bit of delay with this one for other reasons, but we mm. have with us today, as usual, Steve Rockhausen's yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And we have uh, our producer man. Yeah, he's he's joining us for this one, and he'll probably he's the man who does all the work, really, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he really, really does. I mean, like to go through everything and edit it. So fair play, Phil Connolly. He's joining us. Yeah. Because you can imagine the stuff we leave in, what's being cut out. I know, well, exactly. <laughs> and I have to say thanks to Philly, he kind of saved my ass on the last episode. <laughs> by cutting out certain things that I said in jest <laughs> that wouldn't have gone down well. <laughs> but uh, welcome, Phil. You have you have a, a podcast yourself, don't you? Yeah, we're doing kind of WrestleSlam with Jerry, WrestleSlam. And, Jerry and a few other lads where we just talk about whatever's going on in the week. Oh yeah. So Phil, I have to ask you now, just because I was looking at it there now. Apparently AEW are gonna be uh, presenting some brand new wrestler tonight. Yes. Who's a Hall of Fame worthy It's a Hall of Fame worthy talent and it's also um a huge shock apparently. A huge shock. Barry Horowitz. <laughs> I put that up on Twitter the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um people think it's Brock Lesnar, but I don't think it is. So who do you think it is? Christian. Christian? Yeah. I think a lot of people would be disappointed if it was him. I know. <laughs> After all the build-up. But yeah. this is their chance now to create a Lex Luger moment. A Lex Luger yeah. moment. What's the Lex Luger moment? He appeared on Nitro in 1995. Oh, yeah. So if John Cena appears or someone like that appears, then Vince McMahon is going to be shitting himself, basically. Right, right. Like John Cena, does, be, uh, John Cena doesn't have a contract, so it could be John Cena. So you have John Cena, Brock Hunk- Lesnar doesn't have a contract. Big Show signed with Honky Tonk, Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man? Yeah. Yeah, is he doing anything? Who knows? They have Jake the Snake exactly. already. Yeah, Hall of Fame caliber talent. <laughs> That'll be a surprise. Or Coco Beware. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. I think Frankie's so tonight we find out, Phil, is it? Tonight we find out, and also because uh, we're talking, we're going to be talking about bad wrestling matches and stuff in a while. So there's one tonight with a barbed wire explosion match. <laughs> oh, great! Because <laughs> that's what always happens to barbed wire; it explodes. Well, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. The first match, we'll of, the first match of its kind in nearly thirty years. Since probably yeah. what Mick Foley versus uh, Harry Funk, yeah, Harry Funk or something. Maybe yeah, yeah. maybe it's Mick Foley coming out in AEW tonight. <laughs> And Terry Funk, yeah, both coming back out of retirement. Yeah, actually, I, I actually heard that he's actually not well, Terry. No, oh, really? Yeah, well, he, he hasn't been well for about 40 odd years. <laughs> <laughs> he will, he was retiring in 1998 at some stage, but yeah, yeah, like how old is that one? Uh, that documentary Beyond the Matter, around 98, 99, I think, yeah, 20 yeah. years at least, yeah, and he was, yeah, like I said, he was retiring then, he had his last ever match in that. I know. <laughs> Will we move on to the news? Yeah, we may as well. So, if you, it's very uh, animal-based news this week. I think that's good. We like animals. That's all right. But I'm going to start out by speaking some German, which is always uh, a good fun. Yeah. So, the COVID-19 pandemic has inspired a linguistic shift across the globe, introducing many phrases to English lexicon, from social distancing to super spreader event. In German, however, the number of new words inspired by the pandemic exceeds 1,200, according to a list compiled by the Leibniz Institute for the German Language. 
This is a dramatic increase from the normal 200 or so words that annually enter the German language, according to the Institute. The lengthy list assembled via careful monitoring of new terms as they appear in articles is due to Germans' tendency to combine words together. For instance, Corona Mutationsgebiet, which is a mashup of the words for Corona mutation and area, and refers to a place where coronavirus variants are quickly spreading. Yeah. Well, other intriguing combinations include the uniquely German Corona Fußgruß, <laughs> which translates to Corona foot greeting <laughs> and describes the alternative to handshakes that many were forced to adopt during the early stage of the pandemic. Gesichtskondom, mm -hmm. uh, or face condom, is one of the several new words for masks. While this one now I, I think we, I could have used yesterday, which was Maschken trottle. <laughs> refers to a mask idiot or someone who fails to wear a mask properly or abstands beer which uh, directly translates to distance beer which is a common way of uh, safely socializing these days uh, christine murs who worked in who worked on the leadnitz uh, list uh, said that when viewed together these words reflected the history of the pandemic things that do not have a name can cause people to fear fear and uh, and insecurity she said however if we talk about things and name them then we can communicate with each other especially in times of crisis and this is important so there you go so there's a couple there now for you to learn lads mashkin trottle mashkin trottle yeah that sounds like a bad wrestler it does. Yes. <laughs> mask idiot <laughs> i if, i'm not gonna put my my name into that wrestling website anymore i got a bad <laughs> you, you were nigerian man child at one stage I that one point, yeah <laughs> it's a good one a good one a good one but yeah germany needs more words the german language doesn't have enough words they don't have enough words. And it's a beautiful language, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah gorgeous. It really rolls gorgeous. off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. We'll go on to the next story. Uh, an Alaska woman had the scare of a lifetime when using an outhouse in the backcountry as she was attacked by a bear from below. I got out there and sat down in the toilet and immediately something bit my butt right as I sat down, Sharon Stevens told the Associated Press. I jumped up and screamed when it happened. Stevens, her brother Eric, and his girlfriend had taken snowmobiles into the wilderness on February the 13th to stay at his yurt, located about 20 miles northwest of Haines in southeast Alaska. Her brother heard the screaming and went to the outhouse, about 150 feet away, uh, and there he found Shannon tending to her wound. They at first thought she'd been bitten by a squirrel or a mink or something like that. But then Eric brought his headlamp with him to see what it was. He opened the toilet seat and there was just a bare face right there at the level of the toilet seat, just looking right back up through the hole right at me, he said. I just shut the lid as fast as I could. Uh, there's a bear down there. We, we, we've got to get out of here now, he said. And we ran back to the yurt as fast as we could. Once safely back inside, they treated Shannon with a first aid kit. They determined it wasn't that serious, but they would head back to Haynes if it worsened. Shannon said it was bleeding, but it wasn't super bad. The next morning, they found bear tracks all over the property, but the bear had left the area. You could see them all across the snow coming up to the side of the outhouse, she said. They figured the bear got inside the outhouse through an opening at the bottom of the back door. I expect it's probably not that bad of the little den in the winter, Shannon said. So there you go. Be careful when you're going on outhouse trips. In Alaska, yeah. Bears are kind of scary. I've had a, a couple of run-ins with bears. Well, not run-ins with them, but I've come across them in the wild a couple of times. Yeah. Have and you? Yeah. Big, big animals. Yeah, um, in different campsites. Um, they're not so, not so dangerous the ones you see around the campsites because they kind of come there to get food. But I was staying at a campsite once and a few campsites down, there was a family who just left their food out, which you never do. And oh, there was yeah. a nice family of bears there in the morning eating all their food. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but those bears tend to be used to people. They know they get food around them, so they're not afraid oh, yeah. of people. Those are the ones that you don't worry about. And I've had bears when I was living in the woods, uh, destroying my bird feeders and things. And also oh, yeah. uh, friends of mine used to talk when you were on about Alaska, when they used, they used to go fishing in Alaska. And they said, it's kind of terrifying because they're salmon fishing and they're at the edge of the water and the woods are behind them. And any time they hear a noise in the woods, they're just automatically assume it's a grizzly bear. Yeah. <laughs> grizzly bear or some kind of pervert. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's usually the latter of the two. <laughs> or a pervert grizzly bear. <laughs> That's true. That's Which, probably what that bear was inside the toilet. Exactly. <laughs> we move on to the next story. Um, this one is a, an interesting one, and it's um, maybe that, you know, in the future, it can become something quite big. But we'll start. Pigs are highly intelligent creatures, and a study released on Thursday has revealed that they're skilled gamers as well. Published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology, the paper is the culmination of extensive research into pig intelligence that, intelligence that began in the 90s by scientists working with Stanley Curtis, a legendary swine researcher who died in 2010. It was co-authored by Candace Crony, director of Purdue University's Center for Animal Welfare Science, and Sarah Boyson, a professor of psychology at Ohio State University, renowned for her research into chimpanzees. The paper highlights two Yorkshire pigs named Hamlet and Amalet, and two Panipinto micropigs, often used in research and usually weighing 50 to 70 pounds, named Ebony and Ivory, all <laughs> of whom were kept at Pennsylvania State University. I'm just going to stop there for one second. How <laughs> insulting are those names for the two Yorkshire pigs? Hamlet and Hamlet. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like, this is what your future is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and they were. pigs were trained at a rudimentary joystick-operated video game task that had originally been created to test chimpanzees and uh, rhesus monkeys. <laughs> they learned how to manipulate a joystick with their snouts to move a computer cursor across a screen. Once they maneuvered the cursor to hit a wall, a treat dispenser connected to the joystick would deliver a snack. Uh, the game had varying difficulty levels and the number of walls that appeared on screen decreased from four to one. The pigs, all of whom were farsighted, eventually excelled at the game, though their performance varied at higher difficulty levels. Apparently, Ivory hit the one wall target an impressive 76% of the time. Hamlet and Omelette were forced to retire after 12 weeks of training because they had grown too large to stand long enough to complete sessions. But it seems like they got very, very good at the game. Yeah. That the pigs achieved the level of success that they did on a task that was significantly outside their normal frame of reference is in itself remarkable and indicative of their behavioural and cognitive flexibility, the study states, pointing out that even when the joystick broke, the hogs continued to make correct responses when rewarded only with verbal and tactile reinforcement from the experimenter, who was also their primary caretaker. So there you go. So it won't be long now before the pigs are on Fortnite and the like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Bacon slightly less delicious, doesn't it? Yeah. And the pigs are that intelligent. I know it's, it really it really hurts me because you know I, I mean like bacon sausages they're all delicious. <laughs> yeah, but then you see but them. Then we find out like that these pigs have wonderful intelligence and apparently you know they're very emotionally intelligent as well. Yeah, so I think go. we only eat them because they can't look up. <laughs> yeah. Looks sad. There's just something about them not being able to look up. We we we, we look down on them and not seeing yeah. their faces. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. That's it. Rules reverse. They eat us in a heartbeat. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 doggy dog out there, as or piggy human as as such. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. In the future, 
You could, you know, you could be playing Call of Duty or something like that, and Hamlet or Omelette could be there, and they could be knifing you. The ultimate <laughs> yeah, insult. That's it. <laughs> a short step from there to pigs operating drones for the U.S. Army. Well, that's definitely going to happen. Uh, they already had. Didn't they already have dolphins trained up? <laughs> to attack Russian U- German U-boats or Russian submarines yeah. or something. Yeah. So, I mean, it won't be long before pigs are here definitely going to be piloting drones or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we move on to our last um, our last story, which is, um, of course, the staple of any uh, of any weird news that's, uh, that's involving a man from Florida. <laughs> yeah. A Florida man stole an engagement ring and wedding bands from a girlfriend and used them to propose to another girlfriend, according to authorities. Belusia County Sheriff's Stop Deputy said Thursday that they have issued an arrest warrant for Joseph Davis, 48, who had not who had not been found as of last Friday. The investigation started earlier this year when a woman from Orange City, Florida, told detectives she had discovered her boyfriend was actually engaged to someone else. When she looked up the fiance's Facebook page, she noticed a photo of her wearing a wedding band and engagement ring that was identical to her own from a prior marriage, the sheriff's officer said in the news release. When the Orange City woman checked her jewellery box, she found her rings were missing, as were several other pieces of jewellery, including a diamond ring that belonged to her grandmother. The total value of the stolen property was around 6270 Yikes. The Orange City woman reached out to the fiancé who returned some of the items. Some of the items. <laughs> and they both called it off with Davis, who also went by the names Joe Brown and Marcus Brown. The fiancé who lives in Orlando told Texas she had been duped to. Davis once took the fiancé to a house that actually belonged to the Orange City woman while she was at work and claimed it was his. He then asked the fiancé to move in with him, but he then disappeared. By that time, the fiancé discovered her laptop, computer and jewellery were missing. Even though they did not have his real name, the jilted women remembered he had a relative in North Carolina and detectives were able to track down the relative who identified Davis. So there you go. Yeah, interesting one. And I must say, the horoscope's coming up later. I, he could well be a Pisces because it's, <laughs> it's it's not too dissimilar to what too different from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, that was the I mean, like that could be uh, that was like from last week, so you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. It might I be don't know when you got that. Um, those horoscopes through from yeah, Derek that's Cora. It, a, while, a while back, a while back. So it could be, it could be. So there we go. But that's uh, that's quite cheeky, really. Yeah, it is. Not only steal the jewelry from his girlfriend to propose to his other girlfriend, but to also bring that other girlfriend back to his girlfriend's house and to ask him That's... to move in or to ask her to move in. <laughs> Just too much oh. effort. We God not need the confidence of someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It does stink of too much effort. Yeah. <laughs> it's way, way too much effort for anybody. But it's never a good yeah. sign if, you're, if your boyfriend has aliases. No, it should be a red flag. I know. It should be. Really be. And asking, can his other fiance move into the house with you? <laughs> well, that, that sounds like the start of a sitcom to me. Yeah. But I read there was a news. A guy and a girl and an alias. What's that, Phil? A guy, a girl, and an alias. A guy, a girl, and an alias. There we go. <laughs> I think we'd have to pay off uh, Jennifer Garner. Yeah. <laughs> or unless she wanted to be in it, she could be one of the one of the girlfriends. Yeah, exactly. That could work. Um, if you have any news you wish to send in to us, yeah. you can get onto us fuzzy concepts on Facebook. Are we on Twitter, Steve? Um, not yet, but we will be soon. I'm sure we were at some stage years ago. We're on Twitter, I, I, but I, we're I, locked I, out. 
I vaguely remember yeah. you tweeting various celebrities at one stage. <laughs> yeah, I think we're locked out of the account and can't remember the passwords or the emails to get the passwords back. So we might oh, have dear. to start afresh. That's what happens. I'm, that's what happens. But uh, we can start afresh. We can, we'll yeah. give it a word. I also, I also saw um, an interesting anniversary, Steve, uh, on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's eight years since we went to um, the French Film Festival to watch La Jetée. Oh, wonderful stuff. Um, which was a kind of a launch where somehow, on, I think we were in town, Steve, and we were on the bus coming home. And we were saying, oh, yeah, we'll go to that Le Jeté launch. Yeah. And somehow I managed to talk you into wearing a, t a full tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a twist actually, to that story. But actually, I mean, like, you, 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 looked, you, looked, you looked very, very smart. So people were actually kind of, they probably thought you were part of the, the festival. <laughs> yeah. And that's when we met the Woody Allen lookalike, who was an accordion player. The French accordion player who looked exactly like Woody Allen. He must have been some sort of bastard child. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> he had to be. Yeah. The only other thing I really remember from that, uh, from that night, was the free drink. Free Murphy's, wasn't it? And free wine. And that crowd yeah. weren't really going for the wine? No. <laughs> it, was, it was massive queues for the Murphy's, I seem to remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember we were sending up various other people that they, to get them. I think I'd not did we meet Neve Neve O'Flynn or someone like that. She doesn't drink, but we set her up for more. And Emmett, <laughs> and Emmett as well. We, we <laughs> sent him up to get more for us, and we ended up uh, in the brogue with you and your tuxedo. Yeah, as well. Good times. Good night. Yeah, eight years ago. That's mad. Yeah. So twenty thirteen apparently. Yeah. There was also the the thing that you showed us yesterday was another story that seems like a sad story, but had a mad ending where there was going around Facebook because people probably often see that so-and-so is missing. Can you please share this? Oh, My yeah. brother hasn't been seen and whatever. <laughs> Go on, you, you may as well finish it off. So there was a guy missing in Cork and then obviously they went the, the call went out and it was on all, all of the media and all over Facebook. But uh, the Facebook post, I know, is it from the Evening Echo or something like that? Yeah. Or, yeah. The guy who was missing commented underneath <laughs> saying, I'm not missing at all. I'm just on a mad one. Yeah. I won't be back till next week. I'm out with the lads. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> so, you know, it's a happy ending. A happy ending, yeah. Happy ending. And I just yeah. have uh, one last bit just in remembrance of uh, my cousin's dog. Oh, yeah. Um, Bob Marley. Yeah. was the name of the dog. Yeah. And he was a small yeah. little... I don't know what he was. He was kind of a... So it was definitely part Jack Russell, part yeah. Corgi or something like that. He, he had, Some sort of a terrier. He definitely passes a Corgi if you wanted to. Yeah. But um, he was an incredibly smart dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back in the day, now this was about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I was uh, in college and I was living with my grandparents at the time. And Bob Marley, the dog, would know the right time to come to my grandparents' house when everybody was there for their lunch. Oh. So all my uncles would be there for their lunch and uh, my cousin would be there as well. And Bob Marley would know the exact right time to turn up. So he'd walk over from Toker to Ballyfihan. A good 15 minute yeah. walk. He'd just do it himself. Yeah. And it was every yeah. day, it was every day at the same time. And Crazy. my grandmother would uh, make him ham sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, but, why like, wouldn't but, he call but, it over? Butter the bread. <laughs> yeah, well. Like, proper ham sandwiches. And he'd, yeah, yeah. he'd love it. Yeah. Why so, wouldn't he uh, come over every day? Exactly, exactly. 
So I just say uh, he was a great character and apparently, yeah, he was a bit of a Lothario. So there's probably 200 or 300 puppies around the place. Yeah, well, there you go. Him, I'd say. Well, most dogs in Ballantyne hand probably some related to him somewhere along the line. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there we go in remembrance of Bob Marley, who uh, lived to the great age of eighty. Very, very good age for a dog. Very good age. Yeah, good stuff. Poor old Bob. Poor old Bob. And um, oh. there is a, a match in a minute when we go to these uh, worst wrestling match ideas of all time that involves dogs. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. Will I go through some of these before we you have might a chat? Start with it, I suppose, because since we're talking about dogs, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll away, start, Steve. So um, I'll start with that one then. After some of these are just ridiculous. Actually, I'll come to it in a minute. I might as well go in order, or I'll get all confused. Yeah. Um, but these are some wrestling matches that have taken place that are the worst ideas probably of all time. So you have the King of the Road match that people might remember. WCW. Dustin Rhodes against Blacktop Bully, was it? An yeah. 18-wheeler truck Black, still in motion. Blacktop Oh, sorry. When the wrestlers struggled in the confined space, not to mention a moving truck. Well, the crack video experts, I don't know, like I said, they might have assembled it together on a fridge or something, but it seemed <laughs> to jump between different times of the day as they go back to it. And not only that, in an attempt to make the match more interesting, both wrestlers bladed during the match, which WCW had CW had a policy against and they were fired immediately after the match. So blading was uh, when they make themselves bleed, Phil, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so this black top Billy guy was actually smashed from the demolition. Oh, yeah. right. Right. And right. Dustin Rhodes, of course, is gold dust. Yeah. Um, these matches are all probably online on YouTube somewhere. Kind of yeah. Ah, well, no. Our listeners can't be affording that. That's why they're listening to us. <laughs> If they could afford proper entertainment, they wouldn't be listening to us. I'm sure. But really, wasn't the King of the Road match really a precursor to some of these uh, matches that have been happening in lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like these the cinematic matches. It was just, you know, not yeah. cinematic. It was just, you know, on the back yeah. of a truck driving around the place. Yeah, With a helicopter, happy, like, film You happy couldn't happy even see them. You could barely see them. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a few matches where you can barely see people. Um <laughs> So I'll talk about some other. Um, another one I have here was the Punjabi prison match, oh, which yeah. was designed for um, one of the worst wrestlers probably of all time, the great Kali. But then he had to withdraw because of illness. So you had the Undertaker <laughs> and the Bull in it, which made no sense at all for the two of them to be fighting. In so the why Punjabi. was it a Punjabi match then? <laughs> um, so the match, you have two bamboo cages with a door on each side. So each cage has two doors. Yeah. Right. And so the first one is like the regular cage that goes just around the ring. And the other one is like the hell in the cell that goes around ringside. Yeah. Oh. The inner cage, neither cage has a top on it. And the way the, it works is you can request a door to be opened. And obviously you have to get out of both cages to win. Request the door to be opened. But you have 60 seconds to get out. And if you don't, they padlock it shut. And then if the two doors are like padlock shot. You then have to climb up over the bamboo cage to get out. And that's the only way to do it. It was it was just... That just sounds complicated. Yeah, yeah I, it was... I think just, there was like four of them in total. That was the worst thing about it is they did more than one after yeah. the first one was yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> if I thought, no, no, it's a good idea. We just have to you know, yeah. finesse the ball a bit by doing the, the exactly the same is, thing. The thing so is, it, got, was designed, it was designed for the great Cali and then he was pulled out of the match for some reason. Okay. There, yeah, he said he was sick. So he <laughs> I, I think he was just shockingly bad that they couldn't put him out there. That too. 
Was there any, ever any evidence that it was actually um, from Punjabi uh, Wrestling Federation? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they must have had somebody around they could have just thrown in there. Um, yeah, big, big show. You know, we know what they'd have done in the 80s, but they can't do that anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> the Junkyard Invitational was another WCW masterpiece oh. where wrestlers too numerous to re- even remember, there were so many of them there, fought hardcore style in an actual junkyard of scrapped cars, twisted metal. A load of wrestlers got injured, obviously, because it was dangerous yeah. <laughs> wrestling in a junkyard. And it was eventually won by Fit Finley, who won by leaving the junkyard. A piece of information they failed to mention before the match is how do the wrestlers actually win? <laughs> so they could have just walked after in. Fit Finley left. They were like, oh, Fit Finley wins. He left. <laughs> I yeah. don't understand, though. No, go on. You're all right. No, go on, Phil. No, I was just going to say, they used this weird helicopter shot that you couldn't see any of the wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> just the junkyard. It's the junkyard. <laughs> little dots like but the lads are killing each other like and baiting each other off glass and broken cars. <laughs> my my problem with it though is like having a hardcore match that's invitational yeah yeah normally <laughs> yeah. like a hardcore match you just turn up yeah <laughs> <laughs> invite only oh horrible <laughs> load of bouncers on the gate of the uh <laughs> the gate of the junkyard yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, this one then is another WCW match. It was called the San Francisco 49ers match, even though it had absolutely nothing to do with the uh, with the 49ers at all. <laughs> and exactly, it was exactly yeah. Basically, we said like WCW has had great matches. Like we talked about a few of them. They've got like record contracts on poles, pinatas, Buff Bagwell's mother at one stage, Viagra, <laughs> and a DNA testing. Kit. But <laughs> but in this one, they took it to. They had four. They had four poles, one in each corner. One of them, because this was a, a world title match as well, <laughs> had the title belt inside in it, and the others had like gag prizes. So it, the gag items in the other boxes were a blow up doll, a coal miner's glove, they called it, but it was just a glove, and a picture of Scott Hall. And not only was the match absolutely ridiculous, the boxes were built so poorly before they even got to the championship belt one, it fell out of the box. <laughs> Outside and just landed ringside. That's just their classic, just like, you know, just there. Yeah, that box will that box will be fine. I just feel sorry for the coal miner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's only got one, one glove. Oh. What did you think of that one, Phil? The first time you watched that match? <laughs> I actually haven't seen it in years. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. It was meant to like, who won it by chance? Booker T, I think. <laughs> but WCW was such a mess at that point. Yeah, it was anything, anything goes at that point. And that was that was ridiculous. Like they had David Arquette do run ins. I'm surprised he probably didn't even come out <laughs> in that match. Two time world champion David Arquette. <laughs> Phil is actually in the David Arquette documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that you were queuing up to, to meet were you queuing up to meet David Arquette. <laughs> we were, yeah. Yeah, he was over at, uh, Phil was invited oh, yeah. over with uh, Jerry, who we might have on, a, on another show in a few weeks' time, um, over to WrestleMania to, to cover WrestleMania. And they were at one of those events, and he was going, yeah, going to meet him, and you got yeah, you got into the movie. Yeah. So there you That's go, your close personal friend of David Arquette. No, WW were trying NBC. I'm surprised there wasn't spiders inside some of those boxes. He's afraid of spiders, isn't he? Oh no, that's the other fella. That's our truth. That's our truth. He's famously afraid of spiders. Um, 
King of the Mountain match was another idea they decided they have, which is basically a reverse ladder match. It's a reverse ladder of... match, but it's also a penalty box match as yeah. well. So you have to, I, you have I don't to... understand these words. So if you get pinned, you have the to ladder... penalty box. Yeah. In the ladder match, um, you know the ladder match where the belt hangs over the ring and you have to yeah. get it? Same concept, except you have there's a hook hanging over the ring and you have to attach something to it. <laughs> <laughs> That just sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And on top, um, of that, there's, on top of that, if you get pinned, you have to go into the penalty box for three minutes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, the next one up here now is the uh, blindfold match. I watched this actually last week. This was actually at a WrestleMania. I can't remember which one I was watching. Yeah, I remember this one. WrestleMania. Um, where on the Brother Love Show, Rick Martel blinded Jake the Snake Roberts. And he, he recovered over the next few weeks or whatever. But they had a, a match where they were both wearing hoods basically that they couldn't see out of and it was the most ridiculous match ever well they definitely could see out of the hoods anyway for one yeah. <laughs> yeah. you could clearly see that yeah. but they were just wildly like swiping for each other and trying to grab each other and it was, and it was just comical really um, not the greatest one ever uh, this one then is the dog one the kennel from hell it was called uh, this one started as a crazy storyline where the big boss man killed uh, Al Snow's dog, yeah. who I think was called uh, Pepper, and then Etten. So he Et killed the mate, Al Snow's yeah. dog. Yeah. So for revenge, they had the kennel from hell match, which was a cage surrounded by the hell in a cell. And outside the cage and in the cell were rabid dogs, vicious the rabid only, The only thing is they weren't rabid dogs. They were like trainee dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you had to get out of the cage and then you had to get through the ravenous dogs that were going to kill you and get out of the cell. Yeah, the dogs were kind of about as vicious as baby chickens and yeah. they were more interested in like pooping and going to the bathroom and uh, just messing around with each other than they were about either of the wrestlers. Al Snow you won the match. never get animals involved in wrestling because you can't control them. Yeah. I know, yeah. Al Snow, though, eventually won the match, but in reality, everybody who was watching everybody it was lost. a loser that night. Yeah, wasn't uh, the big boss man? Didn't he do um, some sort of uh, storyline with the the big show? Yeah, a very very he, like very he bad gay one, crashed yeah. his uh, his father's funeral. Yeah, and drove off with the coffin. Yeah, <laughs> but, and then he jumped on the back of the coffin as he was being pulled off. <laughs> All right, I've got uh, I've got two more of these so guys uh, of mad matches, uh, the reverse Royal Rumble. This is another mad idea that they've, I think they've done two of these, have they, Phil? Uh, they have, I think, yeah. But this again is from the mind of Vince Russo. <laughs> Basically, everyone knows the Royal Rumble, and we come to, did no one had a controversial take on the Royal Rumble that we can come to in a minute. Um, but basically, what this match is, is all the wrestlers start outside the ring. Okay. Fight each other to get into the ring. <laughs> when right. half of the wrestlers are in the ring the other half are eliminated they then have a battle royal yeah. where it's basically like a Royal Rumble except everyone's in the ring all yeah. at once until there's two wrestlers left and then they have a singles match to determine <laughs> the winner Jesus <laughs> if you've got to fill an hour it's a good way to do it on the show I just have a headache listening to that yeah it's as bad as I suppose I have one there. I have one that I can show actually that is just because we're talking about reverse wire rumbles, World War Three match. 
Yeah. Where you had 60 men, three rigs. Oh, yeah. And you had six commentators. So you had two commentators yeah. for each man, each rig. Yeah. And it was split screen. So you couldn't you couldn't hear anything or you couldn't you didn't know what was yeah. going on. That probably would have been better in times where you had the red button and you could <laughs> yeah. skip between the two. But isn't it after they, they get down to like 10 people in one ring, then they all just stop fighting. Yeah. They yeah. stop wrestling and all calmly go into the other ring. They're well behaved wrestlers. Um the last match that I found, and this was on the greatest wrestling show of all, which was Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this match is on YouTube if you want to watch it, I think. It's the anus exploding death match. It's um, simple enough to win the match. You have to shove a firecracker up your opponent's backside and light it on fire. Yeah. I, that doesn't sound fully legal. <laughs> That's it. Like the guy that won, I think he he ties his opponent to the corner of the ring, and 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 he does do it. And the match is on YouTube. So, um, is there any? Is there really any winner in a match like that? No, uh, nobody. Whatsoever. The loser gets a firecracker up his arse, and the winner gets a sexual assault conviction. And <laughs> um, there's a few other matches that I didn't like go into detail with. But they're mad ones: the bungee cord match, the monster truck match. There was a shark cage match, the dungeon match, which was in the heart dungeon. There was a dog oh, yeah. poo match, I think, that The Rock was involved in. A Gulf of Mexico match where to win, even though you started in the arena, to win the match you had to throw your opponent into the Gulf of Mexico. Does it have to be the Gulf of Mexico? It had to be the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and then there was also a Custody of Dominic match as well, which I know is one of Phil's favourites. Oh yeah, <laughs> this whole thing with I'm your poppy with Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> so whoever Those... won that match had custody of the kid. Yeah. <laughs> and was that court ordered? So <laughs> <laughs> was the ladder match for the the contract was above the ring. Oh, so the custody uh, notice. But then, was there no name on the custody notice? Like who put the name in afterwards? Know, yeah. uh, <sighs> that's we might as well just have a lawyer on a pole match. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, there was also that WCW in 1990, I think it was, where Robocop returned to save Sting. Robocop. Yeah. Wasn't, yeah. Wasn't that just a big promo for Robocop 2, which was kind of coming out at the time? Yeah. Um, yeah, Robocop was in the building, but he didn't show up at all. And suddenly, didn't he come in and like bend bars or something to free Sting? And all the bad guys were afraid of him then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. seem to remember in WCW they had a, a Yeti. Yeah. But he was actually a mummy. Yeah. And he also kind of bum, bum hugged Hogan, which is really weird. Well, that was his finisher was just, he'd hug two fellas. Yeah. <laughs> this was on the same show as the infamous Monster Truck. Oh, did you enjoy so that spot, Hulk Hogan versus the Giant. Yeah. It ended up with Hogan pushing Giant off the roof for some reason. <laughs> in, a, in a Monster Truck. In a Monster in Truck. Monster truck. And apparently the commentators tried to fall off that he was alive by saying he fell into water. <laughs> from like a 20 and it was like on top of a 20 story building wasn't it yeah and then 20 minutes later giant comes out to the ring bone dry <laughs> to have a proper match to have a proper match with Hogan yeah. uh, the bungee card match there there's was, there was another one where you can't see nothing going on because oh, the commentators yeah. are on the ground and the lads are hundreds of feet in the air and they have nothing oh, to film them so you just see the odd foot and hand coming out every now and then yeah. while the lads are trying to commentate on it and, and it was in the dark 
And I've never seen well. any mad matches live in person. I've like the Irish Federation's ever had any crazy matches. You know, I haven't seen any. I seem to remember that in our local sports hall, they had their version of the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. you probably shouldn't talk about because they probably didn't have uh, copyright permission to use it. The Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, yeah. All these shows there are on YouTube if people really want to look at them. We'll, we'll call it a Royal Rumble, but they definitely, for copyright reasons, called it something else. It was the Celtic Rumble, they called the, it. The Celtic there Rumble. <laughs> There's also, did you, did you ever remember the scaffold match with Jim Cornette? Yeah, they had a few scaffold matches, didn't they? Um, Cornette fell from uh, 75 feet or something and broke his two legs. Really? Or was there just a, a, no, a, legit, an inflatable... legit, legit, he went up and he, he was hanging and he fell straight down. Oh, dear. This was yeah. like 1988, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the dungeon match? Ken yeah. Shamrock and Owen Hart? Yeah. Inside in the Hart dungeon with some guy as a referee. Yeah. That was basically exactly like, like Fritzl's basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looked exactly like it. Yeah. They were trying everything back that in that era. They were trying everything, everything. But that's that's that was the fun of it all, wasn't it? Yeah. It really yeah. was. Anybody have any ideas for matches? Any more, Steve? Any, uh, Steve? Oh, yeah, I have a few. Like, as Phil knows, it's my dream to write some of these matches for wrestlers. Yeah. Um, one of my ideas is um, it's a pole match, which WCW would love, but they're not around anymore, sadly. It's um, antidote on a pole match, where both, uh, both wrestlers are bitten by a venomous snake before the match, and the anti-venom is hanging from a pole. <laughs> But how about this? How about this, Steve? How about we update it? Both men are infected with COVID yeah. for the match, yeah. and the vaccine is on a pole. There you go. There you there go. go. And the thing is, they get weaker and weaker as the matches go. Exactly. <laughs> so that makes it harder. Makes it much harder when they're near death. And, you know, there's always the like, will either of them even get it before they both die? <laughs> and who knows? So I, I had that match. Have you any fill that you thought would be? Uh, I don't really have matches, but I have moments. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, the Katie fixed off. Do you remember that? No, what was that? Where Triple H started throwing noodles into a, a, a coffin and started saying, screw me, screw me. <laughs> that just sounds <laughs> weird. Do you remember it, no? I really don't. It's basically what happened was Kane and Triple H were feuding and Kane came out and said that he killed someone. Okay. And then oh. then they did this thing with Triple H with, where he goes into the coffin and starts throwing noodles into the coffin. <laughs> but he's wearing Kane's mask, which was even weirder about the whole thing. This just sounds like some sort of weird dream. <laughs> yeah. But they did this at a real funeral home because Bruce Pritchard talks about it on his podcast. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do you have any, Adam, that you could think of that would be uh, yeah. quality matches? A scuba match. Yeah, there you go. So they both have to. Um, so the referee has to wear one of those old school diving suits because he has to stay down there longer. Yeah. But basically, it's a best of three falls match on the edge of a river. And so, yeah, yeah you can you you win the first fall by throwing a fell into the river. But do. then for the next fall, yeah. you have to jump into the river after him. Ah. And wrestle him under the water. Sounds, it sounds like a winner. And it's it's classic for these bad matches where you won't see anything that's actually happening. 
That's exactly it. Like, <laughs> and and they, rely like, on the cameramen, they'll find it hard. Yeah. And that's what you want. Like the bungee match where it's pitch black and all you see is the odd arm and leg until <laughs> one of them comes flying out of it. <laughs> While the commentators are doing their best to talk about what's happening when they clearly can't see. Exactly. And that, that would be perfect for that, right? Yeah. Uh, I had another idea for um, a golf match. Yes. Where you had to you had to fight the other wrestler and whoever won the first match got gets to tee off. <laughs> and then they get to the green and then they have to have another match. And from there, then it goes on for full 18 holes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shorter than the reverse rumble by the sounds probably, of it. Probably, probably. <laughs> They had a supermarket match at one stage, didn't they? They did. They did, yeah. They wrecked the place too, didn't they? Yeah. You see, they could have had a crossover with Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> yeah. And didn't didn't Roddy Piper and someone have a have another match outside where they Goldust. You know, oh, Roddy he, Piper and Goldust had a backlot brawl. Yeah. yeah. And wasn't he like on the front of a car or something or being dragged but along? They used OJ Simpson's footage. They used, yeah. <laughs> they used the footage of OJ Simpson's uh, chase. And I seem to remember at the end, I don't know, was it this match or the other one, that uh, Roddy Piper uh, tore off Goldust's suit to reveal Goldust wearing stockings and spenders. Yeah. I was about 11 watching this like. (laughs) Wasn't there something in this match too where the the backyard bit was filmed before the event? Yeah. And then they were going to arrive at the arena and Roddy Piper injured himself. (laughs) Between it. So they had to like make something up about him being hurt or something. He had to go get his arm fixed up or something. something or he didn't until after the match or something like that. That he'd broken <laughs> his arm, but for continuity, they couldn't allow him to put it in a cast until after the match. <laughs> or something along them lines. Oh my god. What about Vince McMahon, Phil? That's another of your favourites, isn't it? Vince when his uh, his limo exploded. Yeah, that was it. A... The whole thing with Ben Waters. For like some that. reason, all the wrestlers were lined up as yeah. he was leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it actually had Donald Trump actually tweeted, didn't he, to say it was the R8 or something <laughs> afterwards. Another big well, wrestling you know, Donald Trump, historically, is a, a, a big enemy of Vince McMahon. Didn't they fight at WrestleMania? They did, in a hair yeah. match. A hair match. <laughs> So is he the only uh, former president to have um, wrestled a match? I'd say so. I don't know about William Taft. He might. He sounds like a fellow who would have been wrestling. At one stage. Unless The Rock becomes president. Well, you never know. Could. Could be. Who would be the best um, wrestling president? Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura. He's yeah. good, all right. Yeah. But he's actually a properly a politician now. Yeah. Yeah. And he wants to run for the Libertarian Party, I think, if he was going to run for president. So he wouldn't have a hope, really. But also, like, he's not even, like, um, as far as I know, Jesse Ventura, yeah, he's like a Libertarian, but he's, like, anti the the Trump-supporting Libertarians. Oh, yeah, he's very much... More right-wing Libertarians, he's not really in favour of them. No, no, he's very much a... um, He's very much a just... He's not a politician, basically. He's no party as such. But he probably needs somebody to run with, and he wouldn't run with either of the big parties. But he's, uh, yeah, I think he was one of the first independents to win a governorship in I don't know how long. In Montana, was it Montana? 
Um, where was it, Phil? It was one of the M's. Michigan? Florida. Not Michigan. Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, mad. I'm trying, to think of a, other, I'm trying to think of other really, really bad matches I've seen over the years. There was, one in, bad one. There was one in TNA, which was similar to what you were on about earlier, about the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. A, it was eight okay. women. And every time they got a pinfall, they got a key for a box. <laughs> and each box has a different uh, different thing inside it. So one of them was like a, a pink slip you're fired. Oh, this just sounds like deal or no deal. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what it was. And then there was another one that said the striptease. I'm guessing Vince Russo came up with this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the other one with the belt, like the last time the women's belt was in one of them. And also, uh, there was a tarantula in the last box. Oh, right. <laughs> tarantula. <laughs> so they have to keep it and look after it. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. It becomes your pet forever. But Vince Russo has come up with some shit over the years. He does. Phil, I have a list here of 20. This is not mine now. This is the Wrestling Observer. Okay. Who I think they don't they rate all the matches? Yeah, they do, yeah. They came up with a list of the 20 worst wrestlers of all time. Okay. But I might only go into the top 10 because it's quite controversial, I'd say, for some people anyway. Okay. Um, because I don't want to go through all, all 20 of them. They have one of Adam's favourite in at number 10 is Goldust. How is he with the worst? <laughs> I don't know. I is don't know. People loved him. Is it against Warrior? Yeah, it's not. I guess with these guys, with the Observer, it's not about the like how much the people loved them, but about their wrestling ability. He was very good at the start, and then he got he got a bit, yeah he got a bit fat and on the drugs. He was yeah quite bad after that. But when he started out, he was very good. Yeah, yeah. Like they say here, this is what they say now. He was a great great in WCW. Delivered some fine matches. He did some fine work as tag team and US champion. And uh, he was much better in-ring worker than his father, Dusty. Uh, but Meltzer, who writes the, the Observer, has serious issues with the Goldust gimmick, which if anything was ahead of its time and pushing the envelope, they say yeah. here. But uh, Meltzer truly hated it and ambassadored it. So maybe that's why he's in there because he just didn't yeah. like the gimmick of Goldust. Yeah. I read about that years ago. Like they, when it first started off, they had Goldust masturbating and everything. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's you know modern times. Yeah, good old Goldust. Um, but the thing is about Goldust is that basically he was given this like character, which was basically yeah. kind of a a, 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 tran, a transvestite character character in yeah, the nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like he did his best to be given that in the nineties in wrestling. Yeah. It's yeah. basically like you know, like screw you, you're going to be gone in about two weeks. Yeah, and yet he made a career out of it. Yeah. Um, number nine, then they have the great Cali, who you talked about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, um, he was just big. Yeah, two moves. Just big. Couldn't do much. No. Uh, number eight, then they have one of my favorites, Doink the Clown. Um, uh, that's unfair as well because it's been about four of them. Yeah. They and say, the first fellow was a good wrestler. According to this. The worst feud was um, 1994 when it was him and Jerry Lawler. That was pretty bad. Yeah, did they have like midget doinks and midget kings? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they had like um because they travelled around, I think, for the year or however long up to Survivor Series or whatever. Yeah, it was. Dink, Wink, yeah, Link, yeah, Zink, yeah. <laughs> and Sweet and Sleazy, Wheezy, and Peasy or something. Yeah, yeah. that one. 
that one became a uh, that was one of Meltzer rates things out of five stars and he goes to minuses this was one of the that match you're talking about there was uh, one of the few minus five stars he's ever given out <laughs> that was Survivor Series I think yeah. <laughs> um, and they were saying by 96 he became a joke and fans used to chant kill the clown yeah yeah um, when he started one. out first and he was like an evil clown character yeah. like after Pennywise yeah yeah, and he was really good yeah. yeah kids were like scared shitless of him yeah at number seven they have Hulk Hogan yeah yeah and Meltzer like didn't like it. him as a wrestler yeah he wasn't good as a wrestler no no he Again, just basically did the same match every time it's just that people liked that match yeah I think Hogan himself when he talks he's he's not shy of saying he wasn't the greatest wrestler yeah, yeah, and he was quite limited in what he could do, but he was just great on the mic and, and the hulking up. People just got behind every single yeah. time. Yeah, he was good at the drama of the match. Yeah, yeah, not so much like the actual wrestling. Although there's always talk that he was much better in Japan when he wrestled in Japan. Yeah, he was voted in this um, impressive. The readers of uh, the Wrestling Observer, readers' least favorite wrestler nine times, including an impressive seven in a row. <laughs> well that's because those he readers thought, were like the, the nerds yeah they, they were the wrestling purists yeah and uh, number six is going to be another controversial one for you Phil is the ultimate warrior I can see it but yeah like he's the same as Hogan he seemed to have like if you see his matches he runs to the ring and he's knackered before yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> before yeah, yeah, he yeah. Team. it was basically me playing soccer for the last five years of my life of my career yeah. Uh, but yeah uh, like they're saying, they're saying his feud with Andre the Giant in 89 was the worst feud of that year. Yeah. I think Andre the Giant hated him. Yeah, I yeah. think he did too. I think a lot of people actually didn't like Apparently, they had very bad attitudes. And they said yeah. his only... Uh, Meltzer never gave his matches high. Yeah. Um, well, only... that, that should be wrong because he has to give Hogan Warrior... Hogan Warrior is a magical match. When was that? WrestleMania 6. Yeah, that's the only one he gave more than yeah, two Yeah, the stars. only one. That's the only he one. Gave that... it, he gave it three and a half, and he said that was down more to Pat Patterson's booking. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was the only time he's given, so good call there, Phil, because it's the only time he's given him more than a two-star. Yeah. Then number five, a guy called Loch Ness. Oh, yeah. Do you know that, that was? Is that, that giant haystacks? That giant haystacks, yeah. Yeah. In 96, he moved to WCW, oh, where he was in Loch he could barely move. Yeah, well, how old was he then? In he 50, I think, in 96. He was a member of the Dungeon of Doom. That's a whole podcast in itself for how, how ridiculously bad they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was voted in their worst ever stable, I think. Then yeah. four was Andre the Giant. I can see it, but like... Again, he's like... But that this is, a, this is like the your man Meltzer who does the Wrestling Observer. He likes wrestling. He likes res- wrestling wrestlers, whereas yeah, these lads are more kind of all about the the event. In his top ten, I bet you he's eight Japanese wrestlers. Yeah. yeah, probably. Whereas you know, Andre the Giant, okay, yeah, he he couldn't wrestle, but he was a big man, he and was. he knew how to build the drama of a match. Like that storyline with Hogan, because I only saw it recently, he had thirty three million viewers. Yeah, on Saturday night's main event. Yeah, Andre the Giant twice won the magazine's worst feud of the year award. Um, Million Dollar Man. Uh, Big John Studd and the other one against uh, Warrior. Okay. As well as winning the worst wrestler in 89, 90 and 91. Uh, but he was on his way out at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like and he him and Giant Baba like, were... I think. 
Yeah. And him and Giant Baba were named the worst tag team two years in a row. <laughs> Wasn't there a story about Andre the Giant that there's some famous person in France or something that used to bring him to school? Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I'm sure it was like a famous philosopher or something like that. Yeah, you can do that. You find that quickly. While well, I move on to one of Phil's favourite wrestlers of all time, who's number three on the list, Dave Sullivan. Oh, um, Dave Sullivan. Dave you don't Sullivan. remember Dave Sullivan? I actually, does he have another name? Yeah, he started off in the Indies with a variety of gimmicks such as Captain Ron and American Hawkwind. In WCW, he was the equaliser, the bodyguard to Rick Rude. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible. Uh, Just to go back two. to Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. Samuel Beckett used to drive him to school when he was a kid. What a match. They what a been. story. Yeah, yeah. So well, that... They should have brought Beckett more into his storylines. <laughs> well, you could have had a waiting for Godot match. Yeah, exactly. Where it's basically the match just goes on forever. How come? How come the boogeyman is not on this list? He is, but he's in the top twenty. We're only <laughs> okay. in the top ten. Ah, uh, yeah, he's not good enough to be in the top ten. Yeah, number two, the renegade, because they say if the ultimate warrior oh, was bad, his knockoff w, has yeah. to be worse. You yeah, have to feel sorry for that guy. Now the yeah, poor guy actually dies. Yeah, WCW um, couldn't get the real warrior, so they moved to Rick Wilson, the guy who was given the same hair and makeup and outfits. Yeah, it was, it was worse in the ring. Horrible. It was bad in the ring, but he had no charisma. Yeah, I know. I remember it. It was really, really bad. And it, um, it like you said, a sad story because it ultimately, uh, he he uh, took his own life after uh, not not making it there. Yeah, but like uh, I, the half the problem with the Renegade, I think, was they built him up as if it was the Ultimate Warrior coming in. Yeah, yeah. basically. And he and then this fellow, you know, runs out. Yeah. So, like, he was always doomed to fail then. That's it. And who do you think Meltzer would have as the worst wrestler of all time? King Kong Bundy. Oh, it's the uh, junkyard dog. Really? Junkyard dog. Yeah, because he says he was never a good worker. He was rough, got blow, blown up easily. And um, it says, so Bill Watts had to make sure to put him in squash matches. You're going to have to explain some of these terms here now, Phil. Squash um, he, They said he had great charisma and promo work, though, so he was a huge hit with the crowds. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming he had like one minute matches that were just nodding. Basically. Yeah, his match with Moondog Spot was picked as one of the worst of 85. He was the worst wrestler in 87 and 90. And his partnership with George Steele was the worst tag team of 86. And his program with Ric Flair was the worst feud in 90. Yeah. Um, but he was, like you said, like a lot of these are more wrestling purists. So he was a big star in his day. But he, was, yeah. he, he sadly died very young as well. Yeah. Do you know some of those terms that I just called out? Because I don't. Squash one minute matches. Are they? That's yeah. what, what's a one minute match? Sorry. Squash, a squash match. match. Yeah. Uh, Basically, a one or two minute match that he did, does nothing for no one, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I remember Raw, I remember Raw back in 93 was full of them. You'd have, yeah, the local lads coming out. Yeah. They, they were always my favourite, the lads were already in the ring waiting. <laughs> ready to go, ready to lose. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, what's, what's Meltzer's greatest number one? I'm just curious. His greatest match, that'll, that'll take some work on the well, Google. Not match like the greatest wrestler. Oh, his greatest wrestler? Yeah, just because I want to um, see comparison to the one... What he said, you're asking a lot now. He'd probably say, Would he say some Japanese lad? 
he probably the yes, great Anaki or some lad like that. Um, most outstanding wrestler. Um, Will Osprey. No, that can't. No, be. that's not on there now. Dave Meltzer. Dude, there's a card to this. You've seen him live, Steve. Huh? We've seen him live. <laughs> yeah. Will Osprey. Plus he should be the best. Up at Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. Will Ospreay, yeah. Yeah. Isn't he not the best? No, well, he he is a teacher gimmick at the moment. <laughs> is it? Is it good? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wrestling Observer. Oh, these were the most outstanding wrestler awards. So these yeah. are for different years. Yeah. Um, curious because I don't know if they have a, an overall category. But if um, I was to go, I on... have I have wrestlers here with the most four star plus match ratings according to Dave Meltzer. John Cena. Okay. So that's quite close enough, I would say, with it. Yeah. To the best. Yeah. Yeah, I so, think so. Number 10, you have Kenta Kobashi. Yeah. Right. You know about him, Phil? I do. He's a very, very hard worker. Like, he literally would kill me, I'd say, if I got me into the ring. Mm-hmm. A touch of what's, what's your man or the mad fella. the guy that actually took the socket out of Daniel Bryan years ago. Oh. What was your man or that, um, the new Jack, was it? Does he have a touch of new Jacks about him? Or is he not quite that bad? No, he's more like stiff, like so. If he if he punches you, they're real legit, like. Oh, yeah, right. Whereas New Jack is just a thug, I think, isn't he? He'd yeah. Stab you. Just a thug, yeah. Well, uh, what, number what? nine, Micharu Misawa. So it's all Japanese guys, really. Yeah. So far. Yeah. yeah. Number eight, Toshiaki Kawada. Yeah. Number go. seven, Akira Toei. Number six, Kurt Angle. Oh, well, yeah, well, to be fair, Carlacan should be in any top five. Yeah, proper wrestler too, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, number five, Chris Benoit. He is pretty good. I think he was good. Yeah. Number four, Jun Akiyama. Okay. Number three, Ocean Liger. Okay. I uh, I actually met him once without his mask and it almost killed me. Did it? <laughs> really? Yeah. Was it was it like that time you saw the Cork City mascot without yeah. his mask? <laughs> yeah, it was. It killed it killed the uh, killed killed the the illusion. For you. It killed the illusion. Like a, and it's like a fifty-eight-year-old man. <laughs> and bald, and he's bald as well. <laughs> yeah. oh. I remember all I remember from Jushin Liger was he used to show uh, I know it was a Japanese wrestling or some some sort of European wrestling yeah. on Eurosport. Yeah. And the odd time you'd see like Jushin Liger. Yeah. You see these fellas that you'd never usually see. Yeah, he was pretty good to be fair. Now, why is he number three? Number three, number two, it's quite surprising actually. For Meltzer, yeah. Edge, that's oh. very surprising. Yeah. yeah, and number one, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, well, yeah, he's Shawn is pretty much him. I'm surprised Eddie Guerrero's not on this list or Bret Hart. Yeah, or Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, I used to love Ric Flair anyway. So, there you go, that answered your question anyway. There you go, Phil. There you go. Um, would I move on there to my horoscopes before we wrap up the show and talk a yeah. little bit wrestling before we end? Yeah. Um, what are you out of curiosity, Phil? Uh, PCs. Oh, you're at the end. Yeah. You're at the end. Okay, so we start with Aries. Um, you'll have a spring in your step and a sparkle in your eye this week. It's one of the more unusual torture techniques, but effective as you give up everything. Oh. Have you ever done that? Use springs in wrestling, I wonder. 
Taurus, there is nothing standing in the way of you becoming rich and famous, making your failure all the more disappointing. <laughs> Gemini, change is right around the corner for you, but the amount is still not enough to be able to afford the bus. <laughs> oh. um, cancer, a disastrous sarcasm accident as everyone in the local shop look at you in disgust later this week. <laughs> Leo, all your hard work finally pays off this week for someone else, unfortunately. That's just work life in general. Virgo, remember when your mum said all those sweets will rot your teeth? Well, you get the final laugh as it's not the sweets, but your new met habit that causes the teeth to rot. <laughs> Libra, the current lockdown measures seem far less restrictive to you soon after a series of unfortunate events sees you trapped in your bathroom for the next fortnight. <laughs> Good bit of perspective. Never hurt anyone. Um, Scorpio, some good news finally as those annoying neighbours finally move away and you love your new neighbours. Assuming that is you love people who practice their bagpipes into the small hours of the morning. <laughs> um, Sagittarius, you get a scare when you think you get COVID next week, but it turns out just a horrific double leg break. As the doctor points out when he says your shin bone sticking out is not a symptom of COVID. <laughs> Capricorn. The new aligning of the planets this week inspires you to do something you said you would never do and finally pay off that credit card debt. That's never going to happen. I mean, Capricorn, <laughs> that's <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> Aquarius, your skills and thinking on your feet are put to the test this week when your friend uses you as their alibi for a crime they most definitely committed. <laughs> and finally, Pisces. And remember back to your story now. I know, yeah. Remember when your friend said dating two people at the same time would blow up spectacularly in your face. Even they are surprised by just how spectacular it is. <laughs> that guy must have been Pisces then. <laughs> so have you any other um, early memories of wrestling? That What was your earliest memory of wrestling, Phil? Well, WrestleMania 9, I think. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't say as you, Phil. I think that was like the first pay-per-view that my dad taped for me overnight yeah off sky sports off the multi-channel yeah resume and i but i probably watched like a raw before yeah. that but i don't remember any of those yeah and on, on your many travels and on your wrestling show and in your covering wrestling thing you've met an awful lot of wrestlers you've met like triple h you've met yeah. john cena you've met a load of them Roman reigns who's the nicest guy you've met out of all of them oh, I honestly think like Roman Reigns, honestly, he was super cool. Like, like we were we were talking to him for ages. Sure, Jerry, we even got into the documentary on the network because of how long we were talking to him. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, he he was cool. Like Triple H as well was pretty was pretty good. I often think that that's a good like sign of a wrestler of a person anyway. Like especially wrestlers because wrestlers. They do a lot of interviews and they do they meet a lot of people. Yeah. You know, they're constantly, you know, they might go to signings or they might go to the conventions and yeah. or they're doing these interviews. And to stay nice all through that time and for it not to be fake is probably, you know, is a good thing. Velveteen Dream is the weirdest I've ever met. Really? Yeah. Was he in character? Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably right. Didn't um, you talk to Cody Rhodes? Yeah, I think that was just before cool. he was starting up AEW, was it? Yeah, he was also super cool, yeah. I remember yeah. when me and Jerry were talking to him, he was showing us secret clips of uh, Arrow. 
on his phone. It was, he was in that, yeah. yeah. I remember that. And he was like, this, was this hasn't aired yet, but I'll show it to you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Neville was the other guy that was in there, wasn't it? Neville was pretty good, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what about Virgil? Have you come across Virgil on your travels? No, just Ted only. Only Ted, yeah. That's well, right, so you saved yourself a tenner. I think, I think Virgil's actually <laughs> yeah. banned from these things. Is he? I well, think, he scams people out of money, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he does, yeah. yeah. Eric Bishop yeah. was also really cool with us. Was he? Does yeah, he, he, loved, have, uh... he loved that we were Irish. And sure, he, Jerry was talking to Fraser. Sure, he was on Jerry's podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Eric was on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And have you ever met any wrestlers, Steve? What's that? Have you ever have met any wrestlers? I did. I did. I met two of the ones that Phil was talking about there because I was with Phil when he met him. Oh yeah. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And Neville, huh? Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, we met them that time. Um. When I kind of forced our way because they said they was that up in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, in Dublin. Yeah, I was there, but I wasn't. I wasn't at that when you were forcing your way in. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, they said they give us an interview. But they Steve promised Phil an interview after it, and I was like, "Lads, he promised now." So they took us back to the dressing room. Oh, fair play. The interview, which was fair play to him, um, for all that. But yeah, there was a few good ones. Um, some of the lads we met in that uh, in that show in Dublin were great. Who was that Dutch lad? I can't remember his name. He was like a boxer. He was. Yeah, he was another guy that was a bit like the Ultimate Warrior. His entrance went on for about 10 minutes. He was wrecked by the time he got into the ring. Oh, yeah, he was <laughs> sprinting around the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... That's one thing I will say, actually. I don't, what's the name of, the, of that company, Phil? OTT. OTT. They really put out a good show. Yeah, you know, when you, when you have an idea, like, when people think about these wrestling shows, especially in Ireland or whatever, yeah. you just yeah. think it's going to be, like, in some, like, like Neptune Stadium in some gym. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like, you know, like, uh, fellas, you know, fake wrestlers, you know, the the, the knockoff wrestlers. Yeah. But that one was really kind of like, uh, really professionally done, wasn't it? It was like really kind of full on. And a few of them have gone up. OTT were in real trouble, I'd say, this time last year, and Cody Rhodes bailed them out. Really? Yeah, he a gave them I think he paid the rent for like six or seven months. Yeah, that's fair play to Cody Rhodes. But haven't a few of their wrestlers gone on to bigger things? Yeah. Uh, Aoife Valkyrie right now is in WWE NXT. Um, Raven Creed is one to watch when we come back because she's only 19 or 20. Yeah. Um, Session Matt Martina obviously is in America in a ring of honor. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, she's gone. She's gone quite. Actually, I saw like when, when we watched her, she was kind of. She was very good. Like the crowd loved her. Yeah. yeah. But she was, and I don't, I, I don't say this to so mean. It's just in wrestling terms. Yeah. But she was kind of out of shape. Yeah. I but like, I saw her then in the Ring of Honor, like, and she's like a bit like a brick shit house now. Like she's like yeah. muscles and. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So, so, Phil, if you were to say it to anyone, right? Yeah. Last question for you now before we go, because I can see we're running out of time here. Yeah. About two minutes left. Yeah. If you had to say to someone the best ever wrestling match, if they had to go and just watch one, Bret Hart and Owen. Which one? WrestleMania Ten. I'd agree with Phil. Yeah. Just in a masterclass oh. like performance. Yeah. Was, yeah. Or number two for me, if I if I wasn't allowed to choose the same as Phil, I would say Bret Hart versus Mister Perfect, a King of the Ring. Yeah. And your favorite kind of moment in wrestling? Like not a match. But Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero winning the WWE title. 
Oh, no, but not not a match, whatever they call them, those side bits where they do their talking or what have you. Oh, like promos, like... Kind of, but like for me now, for example, it'd be like uh, The Rocks, This Is Your Life, when Mankind okay. went on for about four years. Oh, that was a, that's a tricky one. I think it could probably be one of the old Roddy Piper pits. Piper oh, yeah. pits? Not yeah. the barber shop? Oh, I'd, I'd have to have the barber shop, but The Rock was breaking up. <laughs> that was one of the best... Like, one of my glass window. like It's Me Austin is another one that's kind of funny as well. Yeah, that was one of my favourite... Uh, Trump, when he was pardoning everyone, memes that was going around was uh, that he was going pardoning uh, Shawn Michaels for the barber shop. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll call it there. Are we a minute no, left. We've no time. Yeah. Phil, plug your podcast quick before the end. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose myself and my cousin Tim are doing a review of AEW tonight on it. So, Wrestle Slam on Facebook, Wrestle Slam on Twitter. And sports matters for all the videos and where to swear they all go up and read sports matters and deep red productions for all your video needs and deep red yeah. productions for all your video needs. Yeah. And this has been brought to you by Lucasaid. Lucasaid zero. <laughs> Lucasaid zero. Although worryingly says drinks with half a gram of sugar in oh. uh, hundred mils. Uh, oh dear. Sugar free. I don't know. That sounds dodgy to me. I drink a lot of Lucasaid zero. Yeah. <laughs> I also we're also sponsored by No TV. <laughs> we're not on no TV, but we're not yet. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully with that, no, they might give us a few quid. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, people. All the best. All right. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck.